0: Can a woman control a man with her vagina? Dawson. Drop that beat to start the episode. We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson Hi
1: everyone, Jalson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. We're podcasting today out of Sumlin. And I hope everybody's doing well. And it's a nice little ritzy area in Las Vegas. As a matter of fact, this is considered the Beverly Hills of Las Vegas at best. All right, so let's get to the topic of the day. Can a woman's vagina control a man? A lot of you have written in about this. Some of you women think that, yeah, you can. Others are like, no, you can't. Okay, let's look at a few things here. First of all, ladies, let me tell you something. If you have this conviction that your vagina can be like the American Express card, the visa, the passport, if this thing could be a green card, if this thing will give you total access, it could be the Bible of a man's existence. Would you bank on it as being the thing that would save your relationship? Probably not. See, here's the thing. Many men and women have the misconception that sex is going to be the catch-all end-all to keep the relationship going. It's only a component of it. It's like going to the bathroom. It's like eating a meal. It's a bodily function. Nothing more than that. Now, the emotions that you put behind the person that you're with, the sentiments, the passion, All of those things are components of your love for this person. And so therefore they're going to be more effective and more utilized when you guys are closer in an intimate environment and intimate setting. In other words, they will convey the sentiments a lot more. You're with your partner, the closest you could ever be with your partner is inside of your partner, right? now that is the most vulnerable spot for a woman as well as a man but we don't talk about that we only look at it from the woman's perspective as her being vulnerable by having sex with a man man's also vulnerable because a woman could be very mean to him she could emasculate him say he has a little dick say he's a hobosexual they can say all kind of things I said hobosexual they can say a whole bunch of things that would really degrade his perception. Now, here's the thing though. A lot of ladies, especially on TikTok, they really go overboard with this about how they want this and how they could do this and how they could gluck, gluck 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. It's all bullshit, it's all hype. Here's the thing, when you see people doing this, what that is, is a cry for help. They're saying, basically, I need somebody to pay attention to me. I need somebody to watch my content. I need somebody that I could love and that would actually... that I could probably have a relationship with or sex with. That's what they're asking for. Indirectly. But they want to look like they're in control. The reason why they do this is to come across in a provocatively and sexual nature. So... What this means in essence is that they're trying to present themselves in a way that they're not. Now, behind the scenes when you talk to these people because I've chatted with many of them they're vulnerable women looking for love. They've been hurt. Some of them been abused. Some of them had their hearts torn out by guys. And what they're trying to do is to put forth the most challenging thing for a guy to get from a woman her sex her virginity and so with that what happens then he feels as though let me go and try for this and he's intimidated a lot of these women will go on Instagram and different sites post all these salacious pictures and then treat the men just like the strippers treat the guys in the club. You know how they do when they go and the guy gets too close, she gets up, no more lap dance for you, and she does just enough in order to get a tip and to move on. Now, the problem is for many women, and guys, let me let you in on something. All of you guys that are thirsty on these Instagram pages, if these women call you thirsty, what they're saying to you is, You are three o'clock guys. You are guys that she would wipe her ass with when it came down to it as far as relationships go. You're fans, you're nobodies, you're losers. But the reason why she's not calling you this uh, directly is because just in case she falls on hard times, she may need one of you suckers to bail her out. Now, a lot of these women will not sleep with their Instagram people they won't do this for various reasons because for one thing that person would be her equal in the bedroom because he would have risen to her level she doesn't want that she wants to keep that level of queendom countessdom whatever the hell you want to call the title you self-appropriated yourself she wants to put herself in that category and be above these underlings now as long as she's made that abundantly clear and she's in that position, she has all of these guys at her disposal. And then if things don't go well for her when she tries to go for a guy that she really wanted and she gets her heart broken, all she has to do is call one guy over that's thirsty enough to be with her and she doesn't even have to reciprocate. She can have him go down on her, have him have sex with her, And she doesn't have to do a damn thing to him. And he will be so happy that he had that opportunity that he doesn't want to blow it so now he's going to become her minion. And so that means he's going to be her like miniature bodyguard. So he's going to have the last say over all the other guys. And he's going to have a little bit more clout. Now mind you, he's not going to be bold enough in order to make any demands of this woman. And the reason why he's not is because at any point she could change her mind and demote him. And that's the last thing he wants because that's part of his identity now. He's bragging to his friends about how he's got this smoking hot girl on Instagram and how they slept together. And he's doing play by play. But now he's starting to realize that he just can't go and knock the boots with her anytime he gets ready. Because she only did that because At that time, she got disappointed or hurt because the guy she went for that was not on her Instagram list dissed her. And so she had been waiting and she had to go and get her rocks off. So she goes and grabs one of the underlings, promotes him to general simp, simple, impotent male prototype, and she goes and sleeps with him but under her terms. Oh, he's probably eating ass and everything. And she's just laying up there and she's just, "Uh -uh. I don't do that kind of stuff. You do it to me, I don't do it to you. Now, this is how women usually will control a man with her vagina. He has to have low self-esteem or no self-esteem. He has to be willing to go that extra mile for her even though she didn't ask for it. Now, she doesn't ever have to sleep with this guy. The only thing she has to do is give him the essence that she might be interested in sleeping with him. And that's enough in order to motivate him to be the biggest damn fool on the planet. Now, a confident man won't fall for that because he would see right off the bat, if she's leading with her vagina, she's insecure. Now, that means if she's leading with sex or if she's prolonging sex, usually when she's prolonging sex, that means that there's a possibility there was some damage done from previous relationships, childhood, you name it. Not always, but there's a good possibility. A lot of people get pissed at me when I bring this point out because there are some women that will write in out of the clear blue and say, like, MF, how do you know All of us ain't like that. My life was like this, my life. But what I did was I actually hit the button that triggered a response because of the fact that I talked about something they could relate to that happened to them. And that's the reason why I get that visceral response a lot of times. Just like the lady from Philadelphia. She got upset with me because she was demeaning and berating me in the email saying I was an MF, I was the N-word, and I didn't know what I was talking about, blah, 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 blah. And she's going on and on and on, and I wrote her back and I said, so tell me about when you got hurt, how bad did it hurt? How long did he stay in your life hurting you? She tried to be defensive. How do you know I was hurt? It's only obvious by the way you responded to me. We're total strangers. I never met you before. You've just listened to my podcast and all of a sudden you just came out with all this anger. I said, just think about it. If we were in proximity and you had a knife, you would have probably stabbed me or choked me. And you don't know me. So that meant that you had to have a deep passion for the topic I talked about. Well, lo and behold, she realized what was going on and she started telling the truth about herself. And what it was sure as day she just got out of an 18 year relationship with a man who whooped her ass for all those 18 years and she was blindly angry at men in general hopefully she'll get some help but this is what you face you get shit dumped on you that you had nothing to do with And a lot of you ladies are using your vagina as punishment for men too. Fellas, like I always tell you, never wait for a woman when it comes to sex. Never wait. Never wait. She wouldn't wait for your ass to take her out to dinner. She wouldn't wait for your ass to take care of the bills if you were in the house with her, right? So therefore, turnarounds, fair play. See, the reason why a lot of them are not doing this is because a lot of them have been hurt and traumatized, first of all. Especially if they're very fiercely independent. If they're like, no, you're not paying for anything for me. I'll pay for, we'll go Dutch. I'm doing it. That's what you have to watch because there's some trauma there. People don't get that way for nothing. They don't become paranoid like that for nothing. Something impact them along the way. And to find out what that was is difficult. Some people shut down, usually that's the case. Most of them will say you don't know what you're talking about. They want to change the subject because you're hitting too close to home. People don't like dealing with those emotions that are bad. That's the reason why they take those emotions that are bad and they superimpose them on other people and make them other people's problem. I'm having a shitty day. Why don't you have a shitty day too? Let me just go and bring this into your life. This is the way it goes. Now, here's the sad part about it. <clears throat> Many of these women that have had these issues with molestation for instance at an early age they may come out very promiscuous so they may look at sex as being a Visa or American Express card so it's nothing for them to sleep with a guy who fixes her tires it's, it's nothing for her to sleep with a guy that does her taxes or fix her computer you'd be surprised in the hood that's like currency women do that all the time. Because they value their money more than they do themselves. So they'll save the money that they have. Oh, they're not going to spend it on fixing a car. No, that money's going to be for my hair and nails. I'll give them some pussy to fix my car. That's the way they look at it. That's the value system they have. That's the prioritization some of them have. Now, And I know many of you are saying, that ain't me, that ain't me. Here's the thing. If I say something that doesn't pertain to you, guess what you don't have to do? You don't have to testify it's not you. Only the guilty will say that. Just to let you know. Now, here's another thing. You have another group of women who never have to give up sex. But what they do is they use the potential of it as the means to get what they want. You know, my ex-wife told me one time, she says, um, her girlfriend, when she would ever need to go and get her Jaguar fixed, because her girlfriend had this Jaguar, and this damn car used to stay in the shop when they did on the road. And eventually she got one of those uh, Chevy, uh, I think it was a V8 350 engine conversion kits put on it. In other words, take the Jaguar motor out and transmission and put a GM motor and transmission in save on money and maintenance but anyway she was going to have this done get an estimate on it and my wife went with her and she said old girl said the first thing she said I need to go home and change and she said why not you look nice in your business attire." because she had a business suit on she said no mm -mm." so she goes home puts on this very short micro miniskirt plunging top no panties, high heel shoes, stilettos, no stockings. She goes to this auto place. She gets to the auto shop. These men can't stop looking at her. So they put her car on the left to show her some of the things that were going on. She made it a point. My ex wife said she made it a point to bend over and spread her legs wide so that they could see underneath. After she had finished, she got that price down to two thirds less than what it was. The guys started saying what they could do for her off the clock, and it would be cheaper than doing it there in the shop. And she said, that's what she did. The guys worked on the car in a garage, as opposed to her bringing it to the store. Now, women can use, and some women are very good at this. I tell you about the woman that I knew that I met at Carlos and Charlie's, and we became friends and were friends for a very long time. She um, had five guys, older guys. And she was running them all, they all knew each other. She had an apartment in five different areas of Los Angeles. Each of them had leased a car to outdo the other one for her. So at each of these locations, she had a vehicle. Not to mention her own personal vehicle. These men gave her money, took her on trips, let her go on trips... She and I went on a trip to Vegas, right here together, down at Caesars, and stayed a whole weekend on their nickel. Didn't know it at the time. She told me she was taking care of it. Yeah, she was taking care of it, all right, but they were paying for it. And what she told me was this. She says, you know, I don't have to do much for these guys because I'm attractive, I'm sensual, and I'm younger that's what they hung up on and let me tell you she was everything she said and I'll give her credit 100% she was one of the most thorough people I've ever met in my life but here's the interesting thing though when we were in the hotel there at Caesars she told me she says you know it's amazing all those guys pay all this money for me and I didn't ask for a dime and here I am with you and you're not even really interested in me as a girlfriend and I said well that's true we're just friends but we were like bunny rabbits in there for a minute and then after that we went back to Los Angeles and she had to go and start Doing her thing. And most of these guys, the only thing they wanted was just someone to talk to, someone to hear them out. She knew everything about each of their marriages because they were all married. She knew about their financial situations. A couple of guys got her a visa card. She always had money at her disposal. And sometimes she'd call me up and she said, what are you doing tonight? i said, I'm not doing too much. Let's go to Casino Morongo out there by Moreno Valley. Okay. And we'd go out there, stay about a couple of hours, and then we'd roll back. Or else she might say, hey, let's stay in a hotel in Palm Springs. And we'd do that. And it'd just be on a whim. Then I wouldn't see her for about six or seven months. But it was cool. Expectations weren't set because I didn't set them because I felt as though the relationship didn't warrant expectations. And sometimes you have to do it that way in order for you to protect yourself emotionally. Now, here's the thing, though. She was upfront and honest. When I met her at Carlos and Charlie, she was upfront and honest. She didn't cut any corners. She didn't lie. She told me the truth about what she was about and what she was doing. And I appreciated that. She had a great sense of self. Even though she didn't see herself as perfect, she never once professed that nobody else is perfect, she accepted what she was and didn't have any regrets. Had a good job with the municipality, so she was making her own money it wasn't like she was one of these women out there scallywagging around scallywag that's an old word and she was able to be successful in making we're going to go forward folks in the next segment Alright, there's another area of control that women will try to do with their vaginas. And of course, that is, they may be in a relationship with you fellas, but they don't want to give up the sex yet. And the reason why is that they're afraid that you're going to leave them after you get it. Now you have some women that are really paranoid about that. And so what they want to do is they want to hold out as much as possible. Now, the one thing that I will say is that usually with this kind of arrangement, there is usually some sort of trauma involved in her background or history. And that's the reason why. It could be separation issues. It could be trust issues, abandonment issues. You know, the last boyfriend probably screwed her to death one good time and then left her. And she was heartbroken because she was all into him. And she had led him on for eight or nine weeks. Those kind of things will more than likely result in the guy leaving you ladies. The longer you hold that out like a prize, he's like, okay, got it. And he's like, well, your consolation prize is you made me wait. Guys used to do this a lot with the 90 day rule. They would wait 90 days. But what I used to do as an asshole, and I'd be honest with you, I was a jerk on this. I used to wait until the 90 days and ask for another 90 day extension and not even deal with the women. If they went for it, I knew then they weren't into me, and that was cool. I wasn't going to waste my time. But that one that I told you about, she extended it to 120 days herself and became very scarce. And then finally she comes to my doorstep. She's pregnant with another dude's baby and talking about, can I take her in? Nope. Blams. Close the door. Don't deal with that. Don't deal with that. Mm Mm-mm. Now, when it comes down to you ladies, when it comes down to meeting a guy and you're already measured, you're already confident, you already are very well versed on how to manage your vagina. When it comes down to incorporating it into the relationship and into the conversation. Real men pick up on that. Because then we start to respect you and we start to treat you a different way. Because we know, okay, she knows what she has. And she's positioning herself where she can be comfortable in the relationship. And if things materialize, then what she's going to do is she's going to act accordingly. She's got to be stimulated cerebrally, emotionally, emotionally and vaginally last. And she's going to take her time with it. But here's the thing. She doesn't have to slow walk it and say, oh, you know, it'll be about like nine weeks before we start having sex. The thing is, as she's comfortable and she has a vantage point to see where that relationship could potentially go, depending on her level of comfort, not the timeline, but her level of comfort is when she will decide to have sex with you. And that's what you have to keep in mind. Because, see, all of her criteria has to be met. Because she's checking off boxes as she's going along. And if it's something she doesn't like, you're out of there. She's not gonna waste her time. Because she has a better choice in man than you have in woman. Fellas, you gotta deal with whatever is left over that wants you. It's the opposite for her let's just face it, that's the way it is I don't care how handsome the guy is the guy can have all these fine ass women after him it's the quality of those fine ass women that's the problem because usually those women that are throwing themselves at him the reason why he's not messing around with them because he knows good and well he messes around and get one of those pregnant yeah he's on a downward spiral for life So that's the reason why he bypasses those women. And these are the women that the guys that couldn't get a woman like that would be more than glad to pick up off the floor. And that's the way that works. So you have these guys going and getting these women. They may be gold diggers. They may be women looking for the better option in a man as far as him being a six-figure man, a high-value man, whatever the hell you want to call it. For this week and then what happens they go out and they realize that okay they got rejected by the guy they wanted so the also ran or the guy that comes up next who's not as um, desired as the one that she really went for she might mess around with him she might even have him as a you know, 3 o'clock guy or some kind of flunky. Or maybe she may promote him up to be a 6 o'clock guy, which deals with him being nothing more than just a guy that goes out and have drinks with her. But in any case, she probably is going to utilize him for some particular effort that she has. Now, here's the interesting thing, too, is that when she's doing this, She may still try to go for that guy, even though she got dissed. And that means that she might try to outdo the rest of the other women, depending on how bad she wants him, how passionate she is about him. So she may go and say, you know what? I'll sleep with him on the first night just to have him. Women do that with celebrities all the time. So what happens? She goes, she does that. She thinks that in some way she's making an impact, leaving a memorable moment. She's done something that no one has ever done before. In other words, she's trying to let him know, hey, I'm yours. The only thing you have to do is take me. Well, let's say he slept with her. And then after he slept with her, it was insignificant. It wasn't something that made him want to do it again. He's not motivated. Her feelings are crushed. So what does that mean? The next guy is going to be the whipping boy. He's going to catch hell. Now, this also means that if there's another guy that she wants that doesn't want her, guess what she may do? Make it a point to interfere so that he can't help but notice her. How do they do this? And ladies, please don't do this anymore. A lot of you will start conversations, nonsensical conversations, just to banter so that you can show how smart you are to impress him. Don't do that. You'll get more mileage out of Poison Grace than the intervention guerrilla tactic that many of you use. Try to get into a debate with them and then you don't have a plausible argument. And then the first thing you start doing is going after him personally so that you could build that tension up like in some kind of damn cheap-ass soap opera. Nobody don't play those games no more. Mm-mm, you don't need that much attention. If you need that much attention, a man already knows you'd be too much work to deal with. I'm telling you, the woman that will always get the man, ladies, is going to be that quiet chick that does nothing but be herself. She may not be the most attractive woman in the group of you, but what she will be is the one who stands out the most. And she'll know how to do it with her demeanor, with her eyes, the way she positions herself. I tell you about my friend's uh, wife back in the day. She could do that to any man. She had a way of mesmerizing men. Those eyes, the way she would smile, and it was as if she was in a relationship with you when she spoke with you, and you damn near had to pinch yourself to remind yourself that you guys weren't dating. It wasn't anything she did inappropriate. It was the way she carried herself. She carried herself like she could be any man's wife or girlfriend. And not in a loose way, but in a very respectful way. Men did everything for this woman. We went out to dinner sometimes, and they had men from the other side of the restaurant paying for her, even though they knew she was married. Because she was had that poise. She had that style. She had it. Whatever the hell it was. But it worked for them a lot. But unfortunately, she had a husband that didn't appreciate what he had. Now, another thing too. Some of you ladies really have it going on. I mean, you really got it together. You don't have the attitude. You're yourselves. You check your self-awareness every once in a while. You're confident. You don't beat up yourself when you're talking about yourself. You don't talk about how fat you are. You don't talk about you'd like to get your nose done. You greet someone and you start a conversation with them and you carry on the conversation. And you're very engaging. These women that I'm describing now, they don't ever have a problem with getting a man. They have no problem in finding one. Their only problem is finding a decent one or a good one or a better one. But they get a lot of the cream of the crop. They'll get the first first guys that are really eligible for dating. That's who they get, they get that top echelon of men. Now, what happens? A lot of these women will mess around and they will sometimes lose confidence in themselves and in their abilities based on their options and choices. And that can hurt a lot. And what I mean by this, ladies, is that you may have it together and then you say, well, damn, you know, I guess I got to start settling. Now, here's the thing about settling. Settling can sometimes be good. It can sometimes be bad. Let's talk about the good aspects of it. You get somebody who you know you could work with. They may not have been the person you wanted, but they damn sure will be up there to answer the call anytime you need help or anytime you need them in your life. In other words, they may not be the most handsome or wealthiest man, but they got the character and they have the integrity and the trustworthiness you need. That goes a long way. He can lose money overnight. Character, integrity, and all that. Being that he has a track record of it and it's internalized, so it's not an external thing like money is, there's a good, there's a less chance that he'll lose that. So, with that. This is how many of you good women have better choices than a lot of these ratchet women, than a lot of these women that are frustrated walking around there with their bottom lip under their damn nostrils, pissed off at the world, tearing down people, tearing down men, tearing down other women to make themselves feel better. Destructive individuals, emotionally destructive. Nobody wants that. Now, we're going to talk about also the other aspects of life where women may use the vagina in order to control the man. Stay tuned. Now, I know some women will be offended by the fact that some of you ladies actually use your vagina to that advantage in different ways. The essence of having sex with you. There's nothing wrong with it, ladies, because I'm going to tell you something. If men could do this to you and while wow you like that, men would. Don't feel ashamed. Don't feel embarrassed about it. Be thankful you can do it. Now, there are a lot of women in your camp who hate this concept because the reason being they look at it, it makes it harder for them because they're on a group type effort. Now, here's the thing with groupthink what these people try to do is they try to come up just like the church does, where they indoctrinate you and you got to think a certain way and act a certain way and behave a certain way. A lot of you women are independent. And you're independent for a reason. Because you saw that kind of lifestyle and you didn't like it. That's why you chose to be you. Instead of being somebody that's in line or in, in some sort of uh, group because they feel as though they have to have an identity with some kind of entity outside of what they're dealing with themselves. They need validation from a larger swath of the population. And you run across people like that. You know, I had a friend of mine that told me about his son going to Harvard. And I said, this says a lot for the school, but what about your son? And he said, I beg your pardon? Hell, I knew the boy wasn't that good in grades. So I knew he wasn't going to stay. He was doing that for dad's sake. And sure as crap, the second year he dropped out of school. That wasn't what he wanted to do. Dad wanted bragging rights along with the family. The family had groupthink. You need to act this way. You need to be this way. You need to make us proud. Feminists and a lot of these misogynist men do the same thing. Oh, you need to behave this way and make us proud. And this is the reason why a lot of feminists are upset with women who use their sexuality to get what they want. And then you have some feminists that don't mind it. Because even in that camp, they don't have a cohesive group of people. It's not a monolith there either. Because you have factions in each one of these groups, organizations, races, and everything else. You have factions in them. They're broken down in more smaller micro groups. And we don't think about that. That woman that's pissed off at you ladies because you're wearing a miniskirt and you're getting all the guys' attention, that's because she probably didn't get any when she was in high school. That's probably because her parents didn't tell her she was beautiful when she was a kid probably because they told her she was too chubby and too damn fat to be a cheerleader. Dashed her hopes. And so the only thing she's known is to be negative. And that's not really a good start for a child or anyone. You know, and it's no secret, everybody knows, I usually date women that are around anywhere from 5'10 up to about 6'7 or 6'7 six, 6'8 six, very seldom run across the 6'8 usually around 6'5 or so and these women are very large they're tall, large breasts, wide hips and I preferred that, that was my thing I liked tall women like that I don't know why and the thing was a lot of them were those girls who weren't chosen for the dance, who didn't go to the prom. And my buddies used to always say, man, you have all these other fine-ass women. Why do you like those? I said, you know what? I don't know why. And then one day I had to realize why I did. And that was because, guess what they never had? They never had a false sense of self in a way that was so forward that they became pompous. The goal was to try to keep them from going negative on themselves even more than they were. That was much easier than trying to bridle somebody who had this narcissistic ego where they were just going around thinking that they would catch me out. It was harder to manage. I dated the size zeros and the size fours. And I just wasn't physically attracted to them. For some reason, it was like it just wasn't there for me. It just didn't happen. A lot of people used to tell me, you know, hey, I don't know about you. You're messing up there. But that's the way it was. Because they're like, hey, you're missing some good opportunities. And then they were shocked when I dated Monica, because they said, oh, she's not so tall. I said, yeah, but, you know, she's a beautiful Ar- Armenian and Sicilian woman. And they would look at me and they would say, well, you know, it's each your zone. Monica was very attractive and had all the accoutrements and I got to admit, I had a thing for Armenian women for a very long time because they have these nice birthing hips. And I I just don't know. And I thought it was just Monica, her mother and all her family, all the women in her family. Man, pff, yeah, very nice. And they had culture and it was just a, a good experience. But what I'm getting at Altogether is those women that I had a chance to really sit down and talk with about substantive things opened my eyes and educated me a lot more so than I got from the nice, pritsy girls that were talking about what bag they was going to buy and that kind of thing. And I started to learn a lot about many of the behavioral patterns of these women. And one of them was that lack of confidence because they had a lack of confidence in them starting out as children and working their way up. And it was usually the father that gave them the kind of uh, motivation to hang in there. The mom was more or less pulling them back to be kind of ashamed of their size, to be ashamed of the fact that they may have worn glasses, or they had freckles, mom was the more the self-conscious uh, spirit in many of their, you know, upbringings, and so it kind of gave them this kind of mixed bag of emotions when they grew up and got older. And I noticed they were very shy about their size, and one lady I don't forget she said, "You know, I'm taller than you." I said, "I realized that." She says, "Well." I don't know how comfortable you feel about that. I'm okay with it. I was like, I don't have a problem with it. And she said, you really don't? She thought I was joking with her when I wanted to go out with her. And then we went out on a date. Everybody was looking at her and they were like, well, damn, she's larger, but she has a really good shape. And it was kind of interesting. And of course, the women had their two cents to say, but it didn't matter. And our waitress was really cool that night. I'll never forget her. She was really cool. But here's the thing that I'd like for you to understand, too. No matter how you built ladies, no matter what you look like, no matter what you have, no matter what you don't have, you do have one thing, all of you, in common. And that's the opportunity to change anything that's going wrong right now with you on the dating scene and relationships 100%. a round, 100%. A lot of you lose your power in the relationship process, in the dating process especially. What I mean by this is men can only follow your lead because we're trying to date you. We're trying to be with you. But the thing is, you got to have guides for us to go by because see what happens is if we see that you don't have that then what we start doing is improvising we start making our own way with you and when we get to a point that we find out oh well hell i could lead her around just like a puppy well since i could do that let me do this and this is how a lot of you ladies wind up with the old lie uh, that the guy tells about Yeah, I left my wallet at home. I can't find my wallet. And he'll start out with that. And then from that point on, he's got a sucker on his hands. So what you'd like to do is to set some standards, some guidelines. And I will tell you up front, when you start talking about sex, please mean it. Because here's the thing. The way we filter you out as far as being a time waster is by not only how many times you tell us we're not going to be with you intimately, but we look at the bells and whistles and hoops that we have to go through, touch, and ring before we get to you. And if it's a lot of them, we're like, well, why the hell should we spend all this effort on her? And I could go over to this lady with a third the effort. And have a better experience with her in a relationship. What I'm saying to you ladies is don't allow your ego to always make you thwart and miss out on opportunities. It will happen a lot for you if you're not careful. See what men, what we want to do is get to the point to see whether or not we could trust you and whether or not you have integrity. Because those are the things we're looking for. We're not looking for a piece of ass at this level. We're looking for wives. We're looking for women that are going to be there with us, women we could trust. Because you got to remember, as men, there are very few people we can trust. We damn sure can't trust other men. This is the reason why you don't see a lot of men trusting other men to pick up their wives from the airport, things like that. Now, nah, baby, you're going to catch Uber, you're going to get Lyft, you're going to get a cab. Now nah, he ain't coming to pick you up even though he's right there at the airport he's not picking you up now we don't take that chance and I've had a couple of friends that have done that with me and I didn't make a move on the woman I was very respectful but you can't control what the woman does to you and you gotta be respectful as well but here's the thing When it comes down to it, your self-respect, the way you perceive yourself is going to be very important. Because, yeah, even though you have the opportunity to use the possibility of sex, the vagina itself, as a weapon, that should be not even a weapon of consideration. That should not be even a tool used in that direction. That thing between your legs ladies is made to do several things one relieve tension two to give birth three to help cleanse your body and four more so than anything it's also used as a home fit for your husband or your band So it has a lot of uses, even more than I even mentioned in this particular podcast. So it's useful, just like you are, in so many ways. But what has to happen, though, you have to have that confidence where your vagina is a part of you. It is not you. It doesn't make you. It doesn't make your identity. It's not something that you should be known for first. You know, even when a woman says, well, you know, I don't want no sex before marriage. But what the man does at that point is say, well, shit, okay, no sex before marriage. That stands out more than anything else you've done as far as character. Because the way he looks at it, sex to a man from a woman Is a sign that she trusts him. And that's the reason why. It's important to men to have sex with you. Now. Don't get it twisted. You got your F boys out there right. And the only reason why they're out there. Is just to get what they can get and move on. Now. That's a different type of deal. But. You're not dealing with that those guys on that level. You're dealing with men. You're not dealing with guys that you could see through that are transparent and they're only there for that particular moment. You're looking for somebody that's for a long-term relationship. And the thing is, these guys that are looking for that same quality, they look at it from the standpoint they trust a the woman by them being vulnerable. And we perceive you trusting us by having sex with us and being intimate with us. So it's a trade-off. We're trading off two vulnerabilities in order to create a bond. That's what it comes down to, ladies. It's not rocket science. But the difficulty you have, of course, is picking the right guy that's deserving of it. And I hear plenty of you when you write in, you talk about that. How you've gone on Tinder and all the rest of these sites trying to find Mr. Right. And the only thing you found is a guy that's looking for a piece of ass tonight. I get it. And so it's difficult. And you have to, of course, work on your due diligence, filtering process and another thing not giving too many second chances because a lot of you wind up screwing up that way too we'll talk about these things and others in just a minute All right, now, there are some women out there who have been burned several times by guys. In other words, they've, you know, played the vaginal game and then trusted the guy that they really wanted, and then after they did, the guy wound up breaking their heart, maybe leaving them with a child, and the guy's been irresponsible. And some of you take that to heart, and you start punishing yourself. See when you start talking about things such as not having sex anymore, sex before no sex before marriage and you start talking about no intimacy you're not going to get serious about anyone all of these things are punishments you're meeting out to yourself first based on your hurt these are defensive measures that you're putting up because you don't want to be hurt again You put up all these barriers. Now, the thing you don't realize is that you got to live within those barriers that you're putting up. And then you start getting frustrated when you find a new guy that you like and you start tearing down some of those standards that you had because they were stacked so high. And as you go down to uh, breaking those down, you don't feel so comfortable. You feel kind of vulnerable. You feel as though Well, you know, I don't know if uh, this is the right thing for me to do. And so you're going to put that new guy through hell because you don't want to wind up like you did in the last experience. And see, a lot of times you don't post-mortem. You don't really take time to heal. You don't take time to reflect and understand who you are again. Because, see, the first thing you need to do when you come out of a bad, traumatic relationship is to try to get your identity back. That's going to be the first thing. Now, it's going to be modified from the person that you were when you went into that relationship, but you should have some semblance of remembering who you were. A lot of you ladies go overboard and you let these men run through you and you lose your whole damn identity and mind too and then come to find out you're trying to rediscover yourself. You're having to go in to reconstruct yourself once again. You don't necessarily have to go and do that heavy lift. The only thing you have to do really is look at where you were at the beginning of the relationship and where you are now at the end of it. The deviation between what you did and what you tolerated between then and now is the change in the relationship. What you have to ask yourselves is, okay, what benefited me? What hurt me? Anything that hurt you is a lesson. Anything that benefited you is an attribute to take forward into another relationship. That's what you have to understand. That's what you have to do. It will make it much easier for you. It'll just help you the hell out a lot. And, you know, as men, sometimes I'm going to tell you, we will sit there and we'll try to talk to you and you diss us for another guy. And we sit there and we say to ourselves, okay, we already see what the problem is with you. Uh, after he sees it, he's going to take advantage of it and your ass is going to be out in the market again. True enough, that would happen more often than you would think. And it would happen because a lot of times people would think, well, you know, I got it, I understand it. It's like you're a boxer and you just lost the last match, the last round, and you're getting back out there again without going through any kind of technical procedure in order to know what you're gonna do in the next round. You just go and just get up because you're going off on emotion and adrenaline. And what happens, that's a cocktail for disaster when it comes to relationships. Because if you don't use any logic in your thinking in order to choose the person you're with, you're a damn fool. Plain and simple. Those romance novels, those TV shows, those movies, the romantic comedies, those are there to entertain you. Your life is not an entertainment venue. It's an experience that will impact the way you live in the future, from the way you eat to the way you sleep. You don't need to just go and marginalize this. People spend more time financing an automobile, going over the paperwork for a mortgage, than they do vetting a person for a relationship. That's a damn shame. Some people spend more time on the toilet than they do vetting someone for a relationship. And that's bad. Half of them don't even know their partner. Don't even know what colors their favorite color. Half of them don't know anything about their family. They don't even know where they went to high school. They don't know what street they grew up as a kid. Some of the very questions they ask you at the INS when... You're trying to get a, you know, a, when you're trying to get a fiance visa, or you're trying to get through that process where you're getting married, and they want to verify that you are legally married, and you're trying to get a green card or whatever, they ask you more questions in that process than most people know in America about their own partner or spouse. friend of mine that went through it when I was in the uh, Philippines, he was going through it at the time and he said that they asked him and his wife what color was the trash can in the second bathroom of their apartment. Something that most people don't even pay attention to. But they had to know that. The same irony is... The fact that if most Americans had to take the citizenship exam in the United States, like a lot of these people from other countries, they would fail. They would fail. Like the guy that was on Facebook spelling Iraq, I-R-A-C-K. And one of the people asked him, where was Iraq located? He said somewhere in Central Africa. And that's what we get. Folks, we have a 79% literacy rate in the United States as of 2020, as of April of 2020. Russia has a 99.2% Literacy rate. Why is that? It's a commentary about us. It's something we need to look at. We need to start paying more attention to detail. Now, there are some of you ladies who may find it easier just to seduce men and get the droppings of wealth from them. Some do that. Others don't use their vagina at all. Instead, they use their actions, their behavior. Again, these are confident women who take another approach and do the right thing they don't rely on their vagina for that particular aspect as far as career. A lot of you guys get in trouble all the time, fellas, trying to make a pass at that woman at work. You might want to leave her alone, especially in this environment. I can't tell you how many numerous women I used to see come in through our office doors they were wearing the same old outfit over and over mini skirt. pumps and that was it and they'd come in and of course during the interviews they'd always cross those legs and then when they were ready to stand up they did the Sharon Stone thing you know what I mean uncrossed them to make sure you got a glimpse because that was the way that they thought that they had to get into the company. We would always hire a woman that didn't do that and she was usually the most qualified. I will never forget we had a position for a receptionist one time and All of these young girls were coming in 19, 21, 22, and they all were doing their makeup in the lobby and all of this stuff. And there was this lady, she was about maybe 50, I'd say about 55. And she was very conservative, looked more like a motherly type that was, you know, dressed enough to go into working as a manager or something like that. And so we interviewed the other girls and one girl was chewing bubble gum the whole time, popping the gum while she was interviewing. And the other one asked us when could she have vacation. Now the older lady came in later. We interviewed her. We hired her on the spot. The reason we did that, this woman... While she was waiting in the lobby to interview with us, she talked to the receptionist that had the job. She knew about the phone system. She asked questions about what the daily procedure is, routines, and she listened to people as they came through the door that worked with the company when this woman sat in there in that room to be interviewed, she told us stuff about us, about the company. And it was like we were sitting there getting an education. We hired her hands down. Of course, few people were upset that we hired such an older woman. But she was everything we wanted she was attractive she was vibrant she was funny she had a sense of humor and extremely knowledgeable but here's the thing she wasn't she wasn't sexy and that's what sold us on her because we got a chance to see who she was as a person not to see what she was as a figure made all the difference in the world And she was very good. She didn't stay in that reception job. The receptionist job, I think she only stayed there about not even 60 days. And then they promoted her to a supervisor and then she went on to manager. Because she knew how to carry herself. A confident woman will always know how to carry herself. She will never depend on her vagina to be an excuse or to make the way for her. These women also will not use that as an excuse when they look for equality. These women are rational. They will say, okay, I don't mind being equal to a man to a certain point. But there are certain advantages I have as a woman that I would not have as a man if everything was meted out equally. Which is true. Think about it for a moment. What if they said, okay, no matter whether you're a man or woman, you get the same sentence. So if a guy would get 10 years in prison with no parole, the women get the same. That means they would have no defense for postpartum depression or anything like that, no mitigating circumstances. You take those away, I don't think many women would want that being that they already have that at their advantage and if that's taken away they'll be facing the same thing a man will and you have a group of women that are logical and understand that they don't want to take that risk and lose those benefits that's the reason why they're not all on board with the feminist bandwagon because they realize the consequences associated with the loss of some of those privileges and rights. So, what are we faced with? We're faced with a group of women that have ample opportunity now to go forward in life. And be very successful and they don't have to use their vaginas. There's no need to. They have minds. They have hearts, feelings, and emotions and what they're looking for are men who are receptive to those things. However, ladies, let me just warn you one last time. Your vagina will never control a man. It will never control his behavior. What it's going to control is his quest and his lust to be with you based on that alone. Nothing more. It's a negative equity relationship. The only thing he's concerned about doing is sleeping with you if you lead with your vagina. I'm just telling you this to make it easier for you. Thank you for listening and take care.
0: Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice in the event you may need professional assistance contact your local federal state or county agencies for specific assistance in social services family counseling or mental health services for all medical legal and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region the music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by anchor is used under waiver by jaws and one music for fair use